You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We are continuing our international series. Today, we head to the continent of Africa and uh, our friends serving the Lord in Kenya, the Reverend Vance and Linda Becker. Beckers, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. Thank you. Yes, nice to be here. It's been about about a year probably since we've had the chance to chat and uh, we were just chatting before the recording today that the last time we talked it was uh, technically challenging <laughs> and and you guys were because of covid there were some challenges and and weren't able to to travel where you needed to where you wanted to so looking forward to catching up and seeing how the lord has provided in the past year for you and those you're serving so before we dig into that just a quick recap for us. Uh, share with us how the Lord has brought you to serving in Kenya. Well, I have served as a parish pastor for about 39 years and always enjoyed teaching. And some people thought I was good at it. And I have, for the last several years, thought, oh, it would be interesting to see if I could try just being a teacher. And uh, there were not like at, at the college level. And uh, not so much opportunities for that in the U.S., but uh, definitely opportunities here. And so that's how we happen to be here. So uh, the last time we talked with you, you were doing language training, not in Kenya. So how, how have things gone over the last year? I would say things have gone quite well. Both Tanzania and Kenya are such welcoming countries that we have been felt very comfortable in both places. And here we were able to come in August to where the LCMS has called us. And we have been here ever since. And the college has been open for the most part, open and closed. Yeah, not so we had to shut down, you know, at least once and the students had to go home and come back. But but we are getting close to the end of my third semester here. And I'm already starting to prepare for the fourth semester. So it seems like we've been here a long time. <laughs> well, tell us more about how you're given to teach the, the theological education and where you're teaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is Nema Lutheran College. This is the educational institution of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, Kenya. It's their school, and uh, we are here helping them out. In fact, it is one of the prime Lutheran theological education institutions in Eastern Africa. We have students from 11 countries who are coming here sit by their home churches in order to train to be pastors, deaconesses, and evangelists. So tell us more about the, the classes that you get to teach as part of the, the formation for these future church workers. Okay. I have been made head of the, the practical theology department, which shows you how, how thin the faculty is. I was barely here when I headed the department, and so I ended up teaching courses like pastoral ministry and preaching. I also teach uh, introduction in the New Testament and general epistles. I teach some doctrine classes like Lutheran confessions and uh, comparative religions. So those are the kind of classes that I am teaching. You mentioned there are students from several countries. Uh, what what countries do the students come from, and and how is that? How does that make teaching uh, interesting? Having having students from a, a wide variety of places. 
Yes, it is interesting. Sometimes challenging for them to even get here across borders with COVID. Boy, can I list all the countries? Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, Rwanda, Uganda, Sudan, South Sudan, Ethiopia. How many am I forgetting? There's quite a few. And, and yes, it is challenging. Here in Kenya, the students, Kenya has two official languages, Swahili and English. And other countries like Tanzania, English is much well less known in Swahili there. There are other countries students come from where they don't know Swahili. I have one student who knows French. All of these languages are their second, third, or fourth language after their tribal language. And so language is a challenge. We teach in English because that's the common language, although English is not always English. They, this is a former British colony. And so some terms are different. Some pronunciations are different. My accent is very difficult for them. And for many of them, uh, yeah. many of them, their accent is very difficult for me. But, but we manage. <laughs> that, is, that is very fascinating, the, the language uh, differences and, and how you're able to work through those in order to, to teach. What have you learned about the, the culture of Kenya, but also the cultures of all of these different students that you're able to interact with and, and get to know during your time with them in class? I would say that once again, like I had said earlier, it's just a, a very friendly culture. Kenyans are very fr friendly and all the other countries are very friendly. One thing that's very important to their culture is to greet people and to see, you know, before you even get you know, Americans ready to just jump into a business. But their mm -hmm. first is, how are you? How is your family? How is your wife? How is the farm going? Whatever. They're checking. They just really check in on a person. And Th That is true. Even if you're just going to the market for something, you must start with, how are you? Yes. Even if it's someone that you might not ever interact with again, but they're very, very friendly welcoming and karibu is a word which means welcome and we hear that a lot another thing that's that i think is a lot about the culture here is that people love 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 to see we live on campus here and we are right close to the deaconess door and i I'll, i love sitting out on our porch and the deaconesses will go by and i'll wave at it and they're just singing away and i work with the music a lot here they have choir Four nights a week. That's how much they love to sing. And even right now, we're in a partial lockdown. And so we can't have choir. We can't have large groups. So some students have requested that I meet with them and we social distance in the chapel and we just sing hymns. So that's a really neat part of the culture for me. That's beautiful. It. Yeah. Impromptu hymn sings. I'm, I'm there for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah would be there all four nights for, yep. for choir too. <laughs> We are allowed to have chapel right now. We'll see if that changes oh. over the weekend. But so I'll begin my morning classes with a hymn. Nice. Mm. What? Gosh, now I'm just like caught up in the the, the life of <laughs> of uh, the, the the college life, the community life, and it sounds like you you've certainly been welcomed warmly there. What are other aspects of the the community life that you're experiencing there? You, you mentioned, you know, singing and and chapel and things like that that are, like you mentioned, are, are kind of uh, restricted right now because of COVID restrictions. But are there other aspects of community life that you've come to appreciate? Yes, the 
when I first came here, you know, these students are in, in class all day long. And yet I am just amazed and impressed and with their love for learning about the Lord. And the deaconesses came to me and requested that I lead a Bible study. And so on top of all their classes, they're also attending a Bible study. And once again, we start and end Bible study with a song. And we just have some wonderful discussions as we're working through the Bible. And it's incredible. Like last week, we were discussing prayer. We were in, in Luke talking about Jesus teaching them about prayer. And they had some questions. And the Bible verses were just flowing out of their mouths. What about this verse says, blah, blah, you know, it says, you know, break continuously. And this one says we should, you know, be quiet and not make a show. And, and so it just the wealth of knowledge that they already have. I've been pressed too. Like the guys in my classes were talking about things that just quote chapter and verse. Yeah. You know, look chapter such and such verse. This says. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and Linda, you've mentioned deaconesses a couple of times. What is, what is your work there look like while you're on the, the campus of the college? Well, I'm, the principal requested that I be called, that I'm the matron of the deaconesses, which at first I thought, oh my goodness, I, I, I am old, but, but I'm really, but what the, that's a British term, I believe. It basically means that I'm the go-to person if they have questions, concerns. The door mom. Yeah, it's, it's the, basically the oh. door mom. I also, and, and I've had them up to midports for tea and, and then of course the Bible study. So just doing a lot of interacting with them on campus. She is not only the dorm mom, in a sense, the common term here for a woman of, you know, parenting age, mama. Everybody calls her mama. Yeah. Mama Linda. Mama Linda or a madame. And mm -hmm. I even have, you know, some of the, some of the men, I, I, especially at the beginning of the semester, I could tell they were lonely and they came to the porch and just needed to talk and they needed to talk to a mama. So I'm, it's just such a, a blessing and an honor to have people feel comfortable visiting with me and sharing their their concerns and their joys and just sharing their lives with me. Yeah, and she acts like a mama. There's been a couple of times the students there have been students who are sick and and you know in their rooms. And so she'll she'll fix food and I'll I'll take the oh here's some soup she made and here's this and here's that. Sort of nursing back to health. So Mama Linda's taking care of the the students That's at the awesome. college. Uh, <laughs> You mentioned, you know, some of the challenges that, that students face. Looking at that from the perspective here in the United States, sometimes we think of our, our problems and then we realize they're, they're we call them first world problems. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, the challenges that, that a student might face that, that they willingly share that to help us understand? Well, yes, they are significant. I have to say, okay, people think, oh, you're missionaries, you, you, what you give up? No. It's the students, the things that they do in order to come and get a theological education, knowing that they're going to go back home and they're going to get paid little or nothing to do it. You know, I mentioned sickness, you know, healthcare is not, you know, that prevalent around here. So sometimes they're sick and so they miss classes. And so we have to go, you know, in addition to their regular schedule, find time to, to make up a class. They have financial challenges. Many of them, they can, you know, barely afford to feed their families. They have to leave their family behind in order to come here to school. And sometimes then they have to leave to run home to take care of something. Yeah, so there is that challenge. I mentioned the, the language challenge. So yeah, and 
and resources, partly because of finances, there are just very few books. We have, we have a good library here. We don't use a lot of textbooks, but the students themselves, except for what they're given at school, there is not a, there are books around here. It's not common. And I, I would say, like for the deaconesses, is, I, I, thinking of this as from the point of a mama, that these ladies have young children that they have left with their grandmothers, and so and then it's very culturally appropriating. It, it's to for the grandma to step in and watch the children and take care of them. But I can tell that there's times they'll, you know, a deaconess might say, please pray for me and pray for my child because I know they're sick and I know God will take care of them. But you can see that mama's concerned. She would, she wants to be with her children, but yet she is here getting the education that she is, knows is so valuable and will be very uh, useful when she gets back to her village. Yeah, this is a college, but I would say the majority of our students are married with children. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a variety of ages. Well, some of them quite old. There's so much more. <laughs> now I, I have about <laughs> so 10 more questions, questions <laughs> 20 more questions. And we'll continue our conversation with the Reverend Vance and Linda Becker serving the Lord in Kenya right here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golsach. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with the Reverend Vance and Linda Becker, serving the Lord in Kenya and learning about the students that you get to serve in at, at Nima College. And you were sharing uh, before the break, sharing about just the, the time that you get to spend getting to know the students and uh, building relationships with them and, and where they are in their vocations as well. Many of them being married with children, but being apart from their families during this time of formation. How long, typically, how long does formation take for pastors or for deaconesses or evangelists at the college? Well, this is a college and they graduate with a bachelor's degree, but the program here is very similar to, say, our seminaries in the U.S. They, they take four years. They have a vicarage or internship, similar curriculum. They're learning Greek and Hebrew, so, so quite similar. The deaconesses, how long are they here? The deaconesses, I am not sure exactly. That might be a three-year program. I think the deaconesses are three years, and, and the evangelists, I believe, are a two-year program. But no, that's right. Yep. We're, we're newbies, so we may be misleading you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pastoral students graduate with a bachelor's degree, but then there are also students who do not reach that academic level. They, they get a diploma. But not a, an academic degree. And then there are others that get a certificate, which means, okay, you can serve even though you don't have the academic you know, credentials, but they're trained to, to do what they do. Uh, evangelists, I should clarify, are uh, men here. It is, this, this church is growing so fast. And the reason we're here is they just need so many more workers. 
a pastor will serve a parish that has half a dozen congregations. He can't get everywhere on a Sunday. And so many congregations, they will have an evangelist. That is a man who, who does pastoral care for the people during the week. He'll teach a class. He may be the one that's leading Sunday worship when the pastor's not there. And so their training is much, very similar to, the, the, to do the kinds of things a pastor does. He just doesn't have that level of training. He doesn't have the Greek, the Hebrew, but he takes homiletics class and the doctrine classes. Well, so that's the kind of thing they're trained to do. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you teach practical theology. I'm curious if how similar or how different the practical theology in a different culture is to how practical theology looks in this in the states. Are there are there similarities and differences to how that 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 type of theology looks in different cultures? There are similarities, but yes, definitely differences. I, I, teach, I teach a class called pastoral ministry. I, I'm teaching it for the second time this semester. And I think it's too bad they don't have enough Kenyan faculty to Kenyans teaching this because, yeah, the culture is very different. Although they come from different countries, even in Kenya, they come from different tribes. And they'll talk about, well, in my area, it's like this. In my area, it's like this. So there are, yeah, there are some significant differences in how pastoral ministry is done. And basically what I tried, I feed it to it this way. I said, you know, when I grew up, I raised pigs. And here, they don't have pigs. They have lots of goats. Well, I could teach you something about taking care of pigs. And you would say, well, some of that transfers to taking care of goats. They have four legs. They eat a lot of stuff. They have a tail. I said, I can tell you. I have experience in being a pastor to American pigs. You take what I tell you and see how much applies to being a pastor for Kenyan goats. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good th- a good analogy. Uh, I like that. Has your sense of humor come in useful <laughs> in the classroom? <laughs> we laugh a lot here, and, and Kenyans laugh a lot with us and at us. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes they don't laugh at my jokes because they're not sure what to think. <laughs> they don't want to offend. <laughs> you shared a little bit earlier about how the, the COVID pandemic has impacted the ways that you're given to serve there. What are some of the challenges you've been facing? You mentioned not being able to have chapel currently and not being able to have choir, things like that. Tell us more about the challenges and how the Lord is providing for you in the midst of those challenges. I would say the thing is, there's lots of workarounds. We we have the challenge, but yet we can meet in small groups. We could social distance. Fortunately, here, it's beautiful weather almost all day long, all year round. And so it's very easy to be outside and do activities. Um, to me, the biggest thing, it, and this would be an issue anywhere, and I, I would imagine in American schools too, is that when you have to wear a mask, you can't get those visual cues with the mm-hmm. lips moving. And when, you, when you have a struggle understanding each other in the first place, masks are not helping anything. So what both of us do is that we, when we're leading a group, is we stand even more than this, whatever, three meters, six feet, whatever that you're supposed to, quite a ways away so we can lower our mask. And then if a student is speaking, encourage them, lower your mask while you're asking your question or making a comment and then put that back up. That to me is one of the biggest 
challenges. But other than that, in some ways, I think it's been a blessing because we're just, we're not feeling like we want to go running around Kenya. We want to stay right here on this nice, safe campus. And so then we really get to know the students and really get to enjoy the community. Although we have earlier, you know, been to churches and things like, you know, it's not uncommon for, for the teachers to go preach. Well, many of the Kenyan faculty, they have a congregation or servant in addition to this. I've been to congregations preaching here and there. That is limited because of COVID and, and would be doing a lot more getting to know the church culture if it wasn't for COVID. One thing I'll say is a benefit to us is, you know, we're a long ways away from our family and grandchildren. There was a grandchild born after we left. But we're not missing out. We are participating in family life the same way as absolutely everybody else is participating in family life over the internet, <laughs> because now everything's on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that certainly has made cultural differences in how we all are inter- have have been interacting over the last year, and it certainly has made some things a lot easier uh, to stay in touch with people just because of of necessity <laughs> for all of those things. So what is the outlook for, for these pastors and deaconesses once they finish their coursework and go back to their, to their uh, towns, their villages? What does that outlook look like? What does life look for them, look like for them after they've graduated? Well, most of the students are sent here by their church body and it here, it's sort more of a, it's a Lutheran church, but it's more of an Episcopal system. You've got an archbishop and you have dioceses that have each on their own bishop. The students, they come from the diocese. If they have any support, it is coming from their diocese or their, their home congregation. When they finish here, they will go back to their diocese. Their bishop will assign it a church, probably somewhat near their home, which is good because culturally here, your home is always your home. Your job may be a long ways away and you may go there, but then you keep going back home because your home is your home. They will all have a job, that is for sure. Yes, yeah. They may, or may not get paid, which is one reason why the deaconesses, one thing they learn while they're here, there are treadle sewing machines. You know what I mean by a treadle machine? You can't rely on electricity. They learn to sew using these treadle machines. When they graduate, they're given one. And that way they have a way to support themselves and their family as they do their work. You know, this is an LWML grant, which is a fantastic grant for these women. Wow. Hmm. Share with us more. We have just a a couple of minutes left. Share with us more about how deaconesses serve in their communities back home. Okay. One of the, to me, one of the main things they do, they lead Bible study, but another is and Sunday school. And Sunday school. But another thing is working with the the widows. There's no, if you're a widow, it's very difficult for you to live in this, to, to support yourself. Culturally, you don't get remarried. Yeah. And so, and, and but then you stay where you were, it, you know, with your husband's family. And so we have even seen some, we went to Aterio, which is a, a place close here. And they have a program where they, they raise crops. They, as a group, these widows raise crops, they raise chickens, they have bought a bunch of chairs that they rent out, they bought tents. And so they have a way where these women work together to fundraise. And then when someone has a need, they have some money. And it's so cool to see, they're not just sitting there with their hand out. They're saying, what can we do 
to help support our whole community, which is really cool. Yeah. So deaconesses, they work with education. They work with visitation, ministry to the sick. They, they work with social ministry. Uh, those are the kinds of things. They go out with Sunday worship, but those are the kinds of things they do. So much to learn, and I'm fascinated. I just want to come sit on your porch. <laughs> I want to come visit. You're welcome anytime. It's beautiful here. We have a beautiful front porch. It looks out over the hills and the valley, and we see beautiful sunsets every night. Oh, hmm. wow. It's a road trip. How can we go You're welcome. <laughs> trying to figure out how we could do that. Um, <laughs> how can we stay informed about what's going on with the work the Lord has given you there in Kenya? Okay. Well, I would say the easiest way is to simply send me an email, lcms, excuse me, advance.beggar at lcms.org. And then we can put you on our mailing list for newsletter. I send out a weekly minute missing message, a video of things that are going on around here and, and uh, how it connects. I am on Facebook. I will say, I know that not everyone, well, people can learn something also by going to lcms.org backslash Becker. Not everyone is on internet. I know that. I am an old man and a technophobe, so I relate. But if people know how to contact Mission Central, you know Mission Central, they will put you in touch with me, and I also have a newsletter that's mailed out. Good. Our guest today, the Reverend Vance and Linda Becker, serving the Lord in Kenya. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks for having us. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.